When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's shaking, Red Nation? It is Jeremy Brenner with another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. We're back. We're back with our nightly game recaps. And tonight, it's another L-Pod for us here tonight. Final score, Golden State 116, Houston 101. It's hard to win games when Klay Thompson scores 42 points. And the Warriors as a whole make 25, 26 threes, 26 threes. And Clay made 12 of them. Not a recipe for winning. Another part to that recipe for losing, not having Jaden Green, not having Kevin Porter. It's really tough to see a lot of purpose in these games when you're not winning, number one. And number two, you're not winning without uh, your best you're supposed to, you know, your best players. And, you know, like last year when we were in the second half of the season, you know, that was Kevin Porter and Jalen Green's time to shine. They had, you know, some promise. And that that's what we were really looking for in these next 20-some-odd games is, is which players can give us hope going into the offseason. And I think K.J. Martin is going to take the crown for the most likeliest 
player to do that. 22 points for KJ tonight, eight boards for him. Uh, you know, with with no Jalen Green and no Kevin Porter, KJ Martin is the time to shine. And look, it is not going to be a number one option. A team with KJ Martin as the number one option is certainly not a championship contender, which is Rockets are right now. KJ is your number one guy on offense. He's your leading scorer. Not a recipe for winning, but that doesn't mean KJ is not a great player. Or I mean, great is a word that likes to be loosely thrown around. Um, but I think in on this team, he's a great player. He's a great player for the Houston Rockets right now. He's the leading scorer. Uh, Ty Ty Washington got the start tonight at point guard. 15 points for him, 14 for Jay Sean Tate, 13 points and nine boards for Jabari Smith. Alperen Shingun, five points, nine rebounds, eight assists. Uh, need to up that scoring number, but a uh, decent night for Alp. Certainly, we've seen him uh, do better, though. 13 off the bench for uh, Josh Christopher and nine points for Dacian Nix in the backup point guard role. So, like, look, if KJ can keep going at this pace, that gives you something to look forward to. It gives you something to look hopeful. Because, because honestly, these next 20-some-odd games are not going to mean a whole lot for the Rockets as a franchise. We're not going to learn a whole lot in these last 20 games, I feel. Like, KJ has that potential, yes, but I don't feel like that's something we learned tonight, you know? KJ's had moments in the past, especially in these late-season games, where, you know, it's – where he, he's been, like, the leading scorer, even in his rookie season with the Kelly Olenek lineups. Like, KJ was on most – on some nights during that stretch, the Rockets' best player. And it's it's cool to see him grow into this role. I just – you know, it, it's it's got to be frustrating to be – uh, you know, you enter the league as a second-round pick. You get this opportunity to play, but you're on the worst team in the NBA for each of your first three seasons in the league. I can't imagine KJ doesn't feel the, the the gravity of that. And so I hope that that doesn't catch up to him. He's certainly not playing like it, uh, but he may get to a point to where he, he wants to go join a winning situation. Hopefully Houston can uh, drum up some stuff around him and build not necessarily build a team around KJ because that's not what you do. But if you are able to get pieces better than KJ that are complementary to him, uh, then yeah, I would I would like to see uh, KJ Martin on the next Great Rockets team. I really hope that that happens. Uh, it certainly looks like it after tonight that he could very well be that person. Um, and on top of that, you know, he's going to have moments like this. As long as Jalen's out and as long as Kevin Porter's out, which we still don't know when Kevin Porter's coming back, that's a little a little strange. But, um, you know, having KJ around is probably the player that I'm most excited to watch in this second half. And, you know, the Rockets, like, I think they said it before Eric Gordon got traded, like, they really don't win ever with Eric Gordon. I think they've won, like, two or three games in the last three seasons without Eric Gordon. So I'm not. We should not be expecting uh, wins very, very often in this last stretch of the season. And I mean, but hey, that's again something that we aren't uh, fully shocked by. Um, and you know, teams are also going to play better. I think against the Rockets. You know, Ryan Holland made a good point on the broadcast towards the end of the game, and he said that you know teams that are in this Western Conference, you know, hustle and bustle with uh, four games separating 
uh, four and a half games separating fourth from 13th. You know, if, if the Rockets are playing any team in that stretch, like they did tonight against Golden State, like they will on Sunday against Portland, you know, the Rockets are like, those games are must win games for the teams like that. If you lose that game, it could totally change your spot in the standings. It could be the game that the team looks back on if they didn't make the playoffs and say, that's a game we should have won in order to get to the playoffs. So the Rockets schedule coming up, I want to say they play a lot of teams in that, you know, little stretch of teams from four to 13 in the West. So, uh, you know, they get Golden State, Portland, Denver, and Memphis are obviously above that. Uh, And then they get the Spurs twice, uh, Brooklyn, Indiana, Chicago, Boston, not a whole lot of teams in that mess, to be honest. But then then they get the Lakers, two Pelicans, Golden State, two Grizzlies, Cleveland, New York, Brooklyn, Detroit, L.A., Denver, Charlotte, Washington. I guess I just said the whole schedule. I thought it was going to be shorter, but maybe we do have a really long season left. Um, hopefully it'll go by quickly and, you know, with as little pain as possible. But after tonight, um, you know, it's really unfortunate. Until I see Jalen Green and Kevin Porter, it's going to be really hard to identify, you know, things that you want to take from this game moving forward outside of KJ Martin. Um, obviously, like Shangun, hopefully he could find that rhythm that he was in. But the thing with Shangun, he's a playmaker, and so he needs, but he needs people to make the plays around him, and he just doesn't have those guys right now. He he's not he's not in a position to be at his best self. And I think that that does hurt him a bit um, in that department. And so I just, I don't have very many expectations for these last 20 games. And, and as Rockets fans, nobody should, um, you know, nobody should have many expectations for this last couple of games, regardless of how they do uh, wins and losses. They're still a bad team. They're still probably going to have a great chance at the number one pick, whether they have the worst record or the second worst record because they beat the Spurs when they play them early in March, or they're they're slightly better than the Pistons. They're still one of the worst three teams in the league, and they'll have the best odds possible to get that number one pick in Victor Wembanyama. And, you know, I think this has happened in between the last couple of shows that we've done. Obviously, we had the – uh, interview between Mike Brown, my co-pilot, and then Rocket Center Boban Marjanovic. So go check that out if you haven't done so already. Uh, Tobias Harris of the Philadelphia 76ers also makes an appearance in the episode. So be sure to check that out and check out all of our previous episodes. Um, but one thing that I don't think that we've discussed since the last episode was uh, Tillman Fertitta on camera in the middle of the street for Mardi Gras. And he's, he told the, he told the camera to pray for Victor and specifically pray for Victor, pray for Victor. Now, when the owner of the franchise, the governor of the franchise, I should say, when he is making that public declaration, it is, a little alarming. And and this is the part I think like Mike is probably a lot more um, ex- like, I don't want to say it. he's a lot more pissed off by, by this aspect of the Rockets rebuild um, than I am. I don't put as much weight on it. 
um, as I do with all of the problems that are surrounding this team right now. Um, I'm kind of of the opinion that, yes, the owner can be, you know, really, really bad, but um, you know, I don't really think that affects the on-court um, – like, I don't think it affects the on-court, um, like, product all that much. Um, that, that was the word. But I would say that, you know, having this person to write – and another thing about the owner, it's really hard to get mad at the owner because you can't – like, there's no solution. If you have a bad owner, you have a bad owner. Like, there's really no solution. The only way that it changes is if they choose to sell the team. And I don't believe that the Fertitas are selling the Rockets anytime soon. We're stuck with whoever is owning the Rockets right now. And so Rockets fans should just kind of live with it. Um, I really just, I, I've never really seen, I, I understand the frustration owners, but at the end of the day, like it's, it's really something that's out of our control. All of the Rockets things are out of our control and there's no quick fix for any of it. Otherwise it would have happened by now. And I'll say this with the Rockets. I haven't been, I haven't reached the full level of frustration with the Rockets um, because I understand what they're trying to do. I understand the vision behind what they're trying to do. But I will say a lot of that plan has to do with getting Victor Wembanyama onto the Rockets. And if that does not happen, and it's something that is out of their control, they, they can control it only so much. They can get to the bottom four and then let the ping pong balls aside. The ping pong balls are out of their control. And to, to have a huge part of the direction of the franchise be hinging upon something that is not in your control, personally, I think that is a bad strategy. You want to have as much in your control as humanly possible. And if the Rockets do strike out and end up with the number three pick, whether it be you know one of the Thompson twins or Brandon Miller or something like that, it's not like bringing someone like that is not going to change the, 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 the full franchise. It's you need a, you need a franchise changing player in this next draft. Otherwise you're screwed because clearly this franchise needs a change. And I think we've seen that, you know, Jalen green could be legit, someday, but is Jalen Green going to be a top 10 player in the NBA? Someday? I don't know. I think that Scoot or Wemby has a better chance of being an all-star starter, a top 10 player than, than Jalen Green is. I've got Adam up here. It's one of our few listeners, few loyal listeners listening to us live at uh, 1230 in the morning on the East Coast, 1130 Central Time. Uh, so I'm going to give him the chance to speak if he comes up here. He's been up all night watching this Rockets team. So I'll let him have the chance to drop his take. Adam, welcome to the show. Yeah, I, I haven't. Uh, thanks a lot, Jeremy. I appreciate it. I, I've kind of been a little quiet. You know, I wanted to observe the Rockets over the last last few weeks. And I gained a, I gained a little bit more insight into kind of how I'm feeling about this team tonight. You know, tonight was a little different for me. The Warriors, what, they, they lost by 13 um, with Draymond to the Lakers yesterday. So they're coming off a back-to-back, right? Mm-hmm. And we lose to them by 15 points, and it probably is a little worse than that. For a team that, you know, Draymond wasn't injured. He just knew he didn't have to actually show up to beat the Rockets, you know? Like, this is just a rest game. 
if we're trying to, if I'm, if I'm going to make a joke about it, I think the Rockets are basically the emotional support animal of the NBA. You know, like if your girlfriend breaks up, if your girlfriend breaks up with you, you know, the Rockets will make you feel better. It's a very like, accurate uh, assessment. Yeah, you know, if your financial advisor steals five million from you, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna win against the Rockets. You're gonna feel a little bit better. Yeah, but I think what this team is. I mean. Yeah. Best case scenario, the Rockets, I mean, they played like a high-level summer league team tonight. You know, like that's that's kind of the level. That yeah. It's hard because no one on this team at the moment is at, at this point in time better than a number three or four player on a, on a team. And I will say this, the, the Warriors made 26 threes tonight. If they only make 20 threes, the Rockets technically win the game. But a lot of these threes that they were making were uncontested. They almost settled. They almost made. They almost got an NBA record. Clay almost got the individual. He almost broke his own mm-hmm. individual three point. Oh like God. it's like there, there's certain like. All right, number two. I don't think we have one good defender on this team. You know, we we talked about it last year. Oh, Josh Christopher is a good defender. He's tenacious. Or I don't think we have one good defender. So starting off the game, Clay Thompson is guarded by who? He's guarded by Jay Sean Tate. He's basically moves like a power forward, yeah. but he's six foot five if on a good day. You know, Jay Sean Tate is the best option they have, and that's they, and that's not good enough. It's not good enough. I mean, very few people can guard Clay Thompson, but so you, you need someone that is more of a of a Mikael Bridges type, someone like that that is just a little more shifty. That, that's, I think, kind of what, like, Kevin Porter could be if everything works out right. But that that's, like, you know, it, it's not good enough. So many, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. It's not good enough. That, that's, that's all I really have to say. It's not good enough, yeah. I mean, all right, on the other end of the court, who's Clay Thompson guarding? Who's guarding Jabari Smith? Because Jabari Smith is a six yeah. foot ten, six foot eleven dude that loves to be two feet outside the three-point line, you know, he's able to – Clay's able to conserve his energy because he's just not going to – I mean, it's just I, – I, Jabari's got to give me something else. Can I, let me tell you about – so I've been thinking about Jabari. You know, like I've been – have I been too negative on this guy? All right, let, let's look back. Let's look back at his college career, right? The college three-point line is 20 feet, 9 inches, right? And every time, every highlight you see Jabari shoot a three in college, he was hugging up against that line. Now, the NBA three-point line is three feet beyond that, 23 and nine, right? Yeah. Bad, you think that's a big reason why? He's a bad three-point shooter. Checks out. Huh? What's that? It checks out. It checks out. He's a bad NBA three-point shooter, but he keeps shooting five, six. You know, it's, it's, it represents – Because he can give him the green light. And he's a, he's a number, and he's a number three overall pick. Of course, he's going to get the, the attention. And look – I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't want to call Jabari. I, I don't want to say Jabari is this Jabari is that Jabari has a lot of potential. And I think that people underestimated how much of a project he would actually be because he was the most successful high school player um, last year. Uh, he, he, like he, he was able to catapult Auburn. He was, he was Auburn last year. Like, like he was Auburn. And I think that, um, I don't blame the Rockets at all because last year in the draft, we knew at number three that we were going to be happy with whoever we got out of Paolo, Chet, and Jabari. There was no – it wasn't like, oh, well, 
Keegan Murray is definitely in the top. Like it was so clear that there were the they were the top three. It was just like the previous draft where it was very clear that Cade, Jalen, and Evan Mobley were the top three. And so I think like I don't blame the Rockets, but you know, Jabari Smith has got to have a better like he's got to been he's got to like start showing me a little bit more than what he is. And and the good thing is with the Rockets, though, is they have time. Like Jabari has time in order to figure this out. I think the Rockets are gonna keep him as the starting four, at least for up until the end of next season. And then they can really adjust. He'll probably also get a third season. So in 2024, 25, he'll probably still be the starting four, or at least he'll be given the chance to, unless someone amazing comes along. Um, but at this point, you know, we have no idea who that could even be. So, you know, I, I think with Jabari, it still really is way too early, but I, I think it's okay to say that we're not impressed. I, I'm not blaming Jabari. I'm just saying if you're the coaching staff, and a guy doesn't shoot threes well. Why are you continuing to allow him? And he's six foot ten, six foot ten and a half. Why are you continuing to allow forty percent at least of his shots to be from the three point line? And a lot of them are two feet beyond the three point line. A dude that you know, I mean, he didn't venture beyond twenty feet nine inches. You know, the previous year in college, it's it's it's. I mean, yeah. and so. It's because the Rockets feel like it's a slump and he needs to shoot himself out of it. Not the same strategy they had with Jalen Green. And also, like, you know, what are what are the Rockets truly losing with, with Jabari Smith shooting all these shots? They're not winning the game, but at this point, a the year. Rockets, like, don't care. I, I, I don't mind the fact that he's, he's shooting <laughs> from three because that's what they're trying to get him to be. And, you know, maybe if he continues to get those in-game reps and to continue shooting that, to get, to get acclimated to that, you know, to that game – you know, maybe in a year, two, three down the line, maybe he will get to the point where he was in college, but he'll be more acclimated with the NBA three to where he's shooting them at a higher clip, uh, similar to the, what he showed in college. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see that. I mean, it's hard you're, to see what, what you're losing, years. what you're losing, what you're losing is development. You got to see guys in different positions. You know, I listen when, when he was drafted for, first of all, the Rockets, he didn't even work out for the Rockets. That's how that's how confident he was that he was going to be the number number one pick. That's that that's that's a red flag. Well, yeah, I mean, look, when Orlando and Oklahoma City both promised they're going to pick you, I, I don't see the real reason working out for the Rockets. But that's that's besides the point. I think Jabari is just, you know, he's kind of entered the circus, and because like the thing is, people are going to look at Jabari and Chet. And they're gonna they're gonna prefer Chet, even though Chet has never played in the NBA still. So, like, I mean, if the Rockets got Chet and Chet got hurt, I mean, like, we'd be kind of whatever about about. I don't know. It's to me, I think with Jabari, it's gonna take time. Um, he should get the reps. I'm not like against that, but um, look, another thing too about this is like it's really hard to evaluate this team fully without its two best players. Because I feel like Jabari is a different player when he's when he's got Jalen and, and KPJ on the court. And also, we're expecting a new coaching staff. And it's really hard for me to judge uh, a team that is going to have a brand new coaching staff next season. I feel like if you get a new person 
especially with rookies and young players. Like, I really feel like there's a lot of unlockable potential with a lot of these guys, with, with Jabari, with a lot of these guys that are on the roster that we feel like are underperforming or underwhelming us right now. Garuba, Christopher, you know, in a, in a sense, you know, Jay Sean Tate maybe a little bit. You know, I want to see what a new, a new point of view would mean. And then if it doesn't work with the second coach, then maybe it is the players that are at fault. Maybe it is the players that just aren't good enough. But for me, I think these players are at least worth looking at another coach for me to totally judge them at this point. I mean, I'm keeping it in mind, writing it down. I'm saying it on this podcast. So it's a verbal um, you know, diary for, for, for right now. But this time next year when there's a new coach, hopefully it's the right coach. That's, it's so important they get this higher right too. It's so important. That's, that's going to be Rafael Stone's biggest task. He needs to get the right coach. If he doesn't get the right coach, it's going to be his ass out the door right after Cyrus. But like Jabari Smith. All right. Yeah, I went on. I thought at his. We'll wrap up the show after this. But that that to be effective, I I thought you know maybe he could be like a a six foot ten Clay Thompson. He's not athletic enough to be you know to to be in that mold. Then I thought, all right, all right. So he's not a good three point shooter now. Unlike Jalen, he hasn't shown an ability to go through stretches where he is making his three-pointers, you know, for extended period of time. You know, why, why, does, why don't they try to maybe play him like LaMarcus Aldrich, you know, mid, you know, like his, his shot form is not bad. It just that never goes in, basically. So, like, maybe try him. Yeah, you know, try him. At, if he guy. shot threes at 20 feet, nine inches, go in three, four, five feet, you know, like try and, 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 and try something different with them, you know? You that makes, you know what? That makes Terry Stotts a really interesting coach for, for Jabari. If he can, if, I don't know. Again, another random thought. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. I, li- I like that I idea, Jabari. Yeah, I, Josh Christopher, I mean, all right. So last year, Josh Christopher was probably one of the most efficient scorers for the Rockets, right? And they just been kind of jettisoned to the bench, Whatever issue he has with the coaching staff and Silas specifically, it's just, it makes no sense whatsoever. You know, it's like this team, you know, we know we weren't going to be a good defensive team. We thought we were going to be maybe a, a 50, you know, top, you know, top half of the league offensive team possibly, right? That's what, that's what my hope was at least. And, and so like, you know, like the yeah. fact that Josh Christopher can't get off the bench for you. And when he does, when you do give him 15, 20 minutes, when you're missing two or three players, he'll he'll put up 15 to 20 on efficient. Yeah, it's just what you know. So so we talk about you know like, all right, let, let's see what a new coaching staff does. Let's see. I mean, this is this is kind of the mo- the model that like bad school districts have, right? They'll change a standardized test every two or three years and basically say we got no we we have no historical data to see if our students are actually improving. You know, it's just and so like you can always see if something is improving for me. Like I know I I've, I've seen the promise in KJ Martin early on. And I mean, KJ Martin, unlike he, you know, I don't want to say he's the best NBA, you know, best player we have on our team. Cause I, I think that still clearly is Jalen green. But if you built an offense around KJ Martin, I bet you he still would be an efficient player that's shooting you know 55 60 percent effective field 
percentage from this. Like any any decent NBA player, you built an offense around them, they will put up twenty on you. And so that there's so much that just this team is so frustrating. It's like, I mean, it's it, it just, and that's why like there are no absolutes in in my mind. You know, nobody is is untouchable. A lot of guys in limbo right Nobody's now. untouchable in my mind. Because then the player, if you get yeah. the number one, number two pick, you know, like, undis- you know, undoubtedly in my mind, that's going to be the best player on your team. I don't care how good you think Jalen Green can be or has shown himself to be. One of those two guys, if you get a number one or number two pick, they are the man on this team, you know? And so somebody's got to have a you know conversation with Jalen Green and all these other players. All right, if Scoot's coming in here, he's the guy. I'm sorry. You know, like they got to, they got to manage expectations. So you need a coach that not only is going to be able to divide, to, to work towards the, the offensive strengths of these guys that, that end up staying on this team, but also kind of gets an attitude adjustment to a lot of these guys, because Jalen's been the man for two years. And I bet you Jalen's not going to want to hear that he's a number two option, you know? And that's what's in, in, K, in KPJ. I mean, it sounds, it sounds harsh to say, but, you got to budget that 16 million, my dude. Cause I don't see you making more than 5 million a year after next year. Like that's, you know, I don't, st- there Ooh. aren't very many long-term NBA players on this team. Um, aside from KJ Martin, Jalen Green, Alperin Shingun, Tari Eason. And, and we, we talk so highly of Tari Eason, but you notice that the Rockets never play Tari Eason and Jabari Smith on the, on the court together. That's an issue. Well, it's, it's purposeful because they don't want us to compare the two. And Tar Eason has been good, but he he's not skilled per se. He just works his ass off, you know? He, you know, he's just always putting out effort. But you need players like that. It's not it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying like that's Yeah, like, no, it's a good thing. To think about what skills, you know, who are the players that we have on our team that are actually skilled. You know, Shingun is skilled, but to your point, he needs players that are able to cut and have some kind of basketball IQ to know how to work in space so that you can work to his strengths. You know, I think Jalen Green is skilled. I, I just, aside from that, like, you know, KPJ is skilled as well, but his strengths are being a spot-up shooter. And and that's not something you can actually demonstrate when, you, when you're when you dedicated to yeah. thinking that. When you're playing a point guard role. Yeah, like, you can see James Harden dribbling the ball 20 times before he's, you know, it's like, so, I mean, I'm just all, all the way frustrated with this team. And I, and these frustrations are going to continue, Adam, because at this point, these last 20 or so games, not a whole lot of that is going to change. But uh, it's getting late, Adam. So uh, I'm sure we'll k- pick up this conversation at some point in the next couple episodes. But I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, again, yeah, a lot, very few guys you can call in this team untouchable. And uh, if you want to call, you know, and Jalen Green is, the, probably the closest to untouchable is, as it gets on the Rockets. Um, and when he's not playing, you know, it makes a lot of these games really, really difficult. But that's, that's the thing is, like, you've got a lot of players that, like, are in limbo. It's like you've got a lot of players that can, you know, you, they could be something. And, and if you give up on them, you could be giving another team, you know, are one of your best players. And And I think the Rockets are at a point where they need to figure out they need to make some decisions. And the thing is, the players that they have, after this season, I still don't think you can make a strong decision on a lot of them, especially because 
a lot of them are going to be under contract for next season. So you still got them for the, for another year. It'll be, I mean, some of these guys, their time will come, but uh, it's not going to be any time soon. So I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Great conversation tonight. A lot more than I was expecting for a difficult road loss. Uh, Final score, 116-101. Warriors get the win. Well, we'll be back on Sunday. Mike's got the show. Blazers on deck. It's another late one. I believe it's a 9 p.m. tip in Houston, Texas, USA. Or, excuse me, it's an 8 o'clock tip um, on Sunday in Houston. I guess it's a Sunday, a little bit earlier. So, Mike will have you for that. I might be able to join if I if I have time, but um, it's Mike leading that show. Uh, you'll be able to catch that, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Dream Take Dream Shake SBN, and head over to our Facebook page. Give us a like over there. Head over to our website, thedreamshake.com, home of all the things Houston Rockets at sbnation.com. Uh, if you'd like to follow my personal Twitter, you can do so at Jeremy Brenner. That's J E R E M Y B R E N E R. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Dream Take. And until next time, go Rocket! How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.